When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? Well, it's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help you. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. So to save, visit HealthLock.com today. That's HealthLock.com today. I know you're paying attention to global events as well as what's going on in our nation. War and increased conflict is bubbling up in more places. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833 833- 995 gold that's 833-995-GOLD, 833-995-G-O-L-D. Since 9-11, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation has been committed to improving the lives of America's veterans, first responders, and their families. For over 20 years, the foundation has helped America keep its solemn promise to never forget. Tunnel to Towers provides mortgage-free homes to Gold Star families and the families of fallen first responders with young kids, builds specially adapted smart homes for severely injured veterans, and is working to eradicate veteran homelessness. David Marshall served in the Army during World War II and fought in the Battle of the Bulge. He has never forgotten the sacrifices of his comrades-in-arms, nor the efforts of his first responders on 9-11 and in the days and months that followed. He is a loyal and proud Foundation donor. Tunnel of Towers is committed to supporting veterans, first responders, and their families, and so many of them need your help. Join the foundation on its mission to do good and never forget. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel the Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Welcome back to the Clay and Buck Show. We know that the journos are waking up to the reality suddenly of the Hunter Biden laptop. It's real. There's a lot to dive into there. And to help us, we have our friend, uh, Congressman Jim Jordan of Ohio is with us now. Congressman, great to have you. Good to be with you, Buck. And, uh, and so I, I want your version. I asked Clay this at the top of the show. I'm just so curious. The first question, I there's so many questions. The first one, though, is... Why now? Because it's the New York Times, the Washington Post. It's coming out. Why is it coming out at this point about Hunter? Yeah. Uh, Everyone's got their theories, but you're right. But that's the key question. Why now? I mean, we knew a year, year and a half ago that the the laptop was real. The eyewitness, Tony Bobolinsky, was a real person. The the emails were real. The only thing fake was the news. So, yeah, why now? Uh, I think there's a couple possible theories. One is they just want to get some bad news out there. Uh, the left does, and you know, because there's they're looking at the tax issue, and he's, there's going to be some tax liability at the pay. Um, it, it could be, you know, some people are speculating that oh, this is the first step in dumping Joe Biden, and you know, you know, he's done everything wrong. Fourteen months of chaos in every area you can public policy area you can imagine, but it also could be um, that that somehow now the press knows that Hunter Biden may in fact be, uh, you know, going to be going to be indicted. And if that's the case, they got to go, oh, Shazam, we can't say it's Russian disinformation. If they're actually going to indict someone, we better get out there with some stories with some, some facts in them. So I don't know. I'm, we're, it's all speculation. 
But I do find it interesting that suddenly now they've all found the Lord, and they're all telling them, uh, telling us what, what, what you and I and Clay, uh, uh, what we all knew uh, a year and a half ago. Yeah, Jim, and I think that's so key. And I woke up this morning and saw you guys uh, on the House Judiciary Subcommittee um, pointing out what is, I think, a monster issue here, which is, uh, look, Facebook and Twitter colluded mm-hmm. to keep this story from being shared in October of 2020. And by the way, we're going to talk with Miranda Devine at 1.30 Eastern. Uh, for those of you out there listening to us right now who wrote much of that story uh, and wrote the book Laptop from Hell. Yep, sure did. Uh, what, she did a fantastic job on this story. So, Jim, this is major consequential news because they spent five years lying about Russia collusion and the rig job, and you've been arguing that well mm-hmm. for years now. This was actual collusion. This was an actual impact on our election. We know from looking at data that many undecided voters never heard about this story, that it could have impacted the way that they chose to vote. Uh, what do you expect to uncover, and why is it important to be investigating well, these big tech companies in this story? Well, because as you point out, this happened just days before the most important election we have in our country, which is the election of the president of the United States, the commander in chief of our country. And we now know big tech colluded with big government, also with with big Democrats. And don't forget, 51 former intelligence agency uh, yes. agents uh, or, or, or personnel were also involved in this conspiracy. So what we sent to, to Twitter and Facebook was, hey, we want the we want the information. We want the communications you had. Who were you talking to? Where did you get this? And why did you decide to, to, to limit this, this story and not let the American people get important information that was, that, that's critical to make a decision about who's going to be commander in chief, for goodness sake. So, yeah, that, that's what we sent out just today to these two big tech companies. But this was, I found this so, so amazing that, you know, that, that they're now coming forward. Uh, when we we all knew that what they were telling us, Russian disinformation was baloney. We knew the disinformation was the collusion, the conspiracy they all were a part of. Uh, speaking of Congressman Jim Jordan of Ohio, Congressman, we're, we're hopeful that not only will Republicans uh, take back the House, but that it will be a shellacking, a repudiation, a reckoning is a term that we like to throw around mm-hmm. here. But irrespective of how big the majority is, assuming there is a majority and seeing that the reality of the last election was that big tech colluded with the Democrat Party to throw a presidential election through lies and suppression of information to a Democrat president or a Democrat presidential candidate. What do you think? What can Congress actually do? You know, we started to hear toward the end of the Trump administration about, you know, how we're going to change. What is it? Section uh, Section 230 or we got what actually can be done? What should be done so that big tech isn't able to short circuit the Democratic information flow? Yeah, well, we're definitely going to have legislation that, that does a complete overhaul. 230 takes away their liability protection. But you got to remember, Joe Biden's not going to sign it. So we will. We, but we, we should pass that anyway to send that message. And, and, and then we should also work on legislation. We're going to do this in Judiciary Committee, legislation that would move antitrust actions. Remember, the Trump administration had an antitrust action both from FTC and DOJ against Google and, and, and Facebook. Um, uh, so we, we, we want those kind of cases to get to the Supreme Court in an expedited fashion. So we're going to look at legislation to do that again. I don't know that Joe Biden would be supportive of that, probably wouldn't. But you pass legislation, you help frame up the 2024 presidential race. And then the way American politics works is you have a presidential election and that's going to be part of the debate, part of the discussion, uh, part of those policy areas talked about. 
and we see who gets elected. I, I hope it's President Trump. I want him to run. I want, and I think he's going to, and I think he's going to win. But that's how you frame it up. And then you do the investigations. Again, we can't hold anyone accountable. We can't indict anyone. But you do the investigations because the folks I represent in the 4th District of Ohio and Americans across this country deserve to know the truth about Hunter Biden, about the border situation, about the school boards being, you know, parents being targeted as domestic terrorists by the DOJ. You do those investigations and you get the truth uh, out there for the country. Jim, what do you think about the criticism of uh, of Clarence Thomas? I'm sure you've paid a lot of attention. We're going to talk about that a little bit later yeah. in the show. Uh, Jenny Thomas sends text messages to the White House officials, and all of a sudden, Clarence Thomas is being argued that he shouldn't. He has to recuse himself. He shouldn't be able to hear some cases. What's your reaction to that? This is step one in, in packing the court. I mean, this, remember, Democrat Joe Biden had the commission. We got this important pro-life case in Mississippi that's coming. They're they're setting the stage to pack the court. And step one is to go after Justice Thomas by by uh, targeting his wife, who's simply engaging in her First Amendment free speech rights. It, 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 this is craziness. It is as wrong as it gets. But this is all part of the left's concerted effort to pack the court. You watch. We get a pro-life decision from that Mississippi case this, uh, this summer from the court. You will see a, a, just a press, I think, from the left, from the Democrats to, to implement this court packing. They've already introduced the bill. Jerry Nadler's introduced the bill. So uh, I think that's what this is really about. Step one in their court packing scheme, which is dangerous. Congressman Jordan, what do you think is a good goal for republicans in terms of how seats to pick up going into the midterms clay and i've been talking about that we, we kind of want to set the uh the standard now so that everyone understands it's not enough to take yeah. back control it has to be a red wave like we haven't seen since at least 2010 boy i hope so boy i hope so uh, but but not you know my, my background is in the sport of wrestling i learned a long time ago you you never want to be overconfident you step on the mat you want to be confident and we need to campaign confidently we need to take our message to the american people we need to talk about how just I mean, the metaphor for the Joe Biden administration, 14 months, I think the, the, the real picture that should be in people's mind is when those, when those individuals in Afghanistan were trying to jump on the wheels of the plane or that plane's taking off, that, that shows you the chaos that this administration has been, not just foreign policy, but every domestic policy area. And, of course, not to mention the, the, the scandals that are now coming forward with this, this, the, 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 the first family and, of course, the attacks on our First Amendment. So we need to campaign positive and confidently. Um, I think we're going to win. I sure hope it's a red wave and it's a huge number. But um, our focus is we just got to get the majority so we can put a halt to some of the craziness from uh, from the left that we see. Jim, you may know this already because I know sometimes you get to listen to the show as you're driving around in your district. Mm -hmm. Buck and I have a steak dinner bet over whether Hunter <laughs> Biden is going to be indicted. I said I think he's going to be indicted. Buck said no. If you had to pick one side of that uh, of that bet right now, would you be on my side or well, would you be on Buck's side? Yeah, uh, I would probably lean towards yours now in light of the fact that these stories have come. I mean, you got the Washington Post. I mean, yep. when the Post is the Post, think of this line in the Post here. It says uh, the Washington Post reviewed. Uh, review confirmed many of the key details and found additional documents showing the Biden family interactions with Chinese. They would never write anything like that. So when you get the Washington Post doing two articles, two long articles yesterday on this situation, uh, I guess I kind of lean that. But it's again, it's, it's speculation. And I, I never would have thought that until, frankly, these two articles from the Post yesterday. Um, but I, I guess maybe I lean a little bit in that direction. But we'll, we'll just have to see. Here's a little tidbit for you, too, Jim. 
I've never had anyone at Washington Post PR email me stories related to political breaking news before. In my history, I have a public email address. Both of those got sent to me by somebody at the Washington Post the minute that that, they went up. Got sent to me, too. You got them, too, Bob? 11 o'clock yesterday, 11.04, two long stories. Here's the post. Here's how the post analyzed Hunter Biden's laptop, Hunter Biden's multi-million dollar deals with the Chinese energy company. I mean, and they go into some things in here. This, this, uh, that story I just thought was just fascinating because some of the details I sort of forgot. Uh, yeah. This whole, this whole office he was setting up uh, and, and, and got four keys and had names and referenced reference his, his uncle and reference his father and, and yet then never picked up the keys, never opened the, I mean, just stuff that information we didn't frankly didn't know about. So um, yeah, that, I think that that tells us something. Amen. Thank you for taking the time. We'll look forward to talking to you again soon. You Congressman. Bet. You bet. <laughs> Jim Take Jordan. Thanks. Hanging out with us here. I want you to let you know, you can make a switch and save yourself some money up to $800 a year. Given the fact that inflation is rapidly advancing on double digits, you can get the same exact service, AT&T, Verizon, and T-Mobile. But with Pure Talk, you'll be able to save your family a bundle. And right now, you can get unlimited talk, text, six gigs of data for just $30 a month. So you might be wondering, how do you sign up? Well, it's easy. Right now, from your cell phone, dial pound 250, say Pure Talk. Again, cell phone in hand, dial pound 250, say Pure Talk. You'll save an additional 50% off your first month. You can literally be switched over to Pure Talk in less than 10 minutes. Dial pound 250, say Pure Talk. Pure Talk is simply smarter wireless. Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand. Have we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts? You can look to precious metals for various reasons. One, having tangible currency on hand as part of your bug-out plan. Two, diversifying your portfolio as a hedge against inflation. And three, historically, gold increases in value over time. You keep yourself informed about global events. You see the increase in conflicts around the globe. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. The people with Oxford Gold Group are real pros. They make owning gold and silver simple and easy to understand. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 833-995-G-O-L-D. Pure Talk, the cell phone company we both rely on, is further investing in their customers without charging an extra penny. Pure Talk is now providing international roaming to over 50 countries. That's right. As you plan your summer travel, make sure your wireless provider has you covered at home and abroad. Pure Talk already puts you on America's most dependable 5G network, but now they're giving you coverage in more than 50 countries, too. Unlimited talk, text, and plenty of 5G data for just $20 a month. That's less than half the price of Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile. You keep your phone number and your phone unless you want to get great savings on the latest iPhones and Androids. Up to you. Go to puretalk.com slash clay and make the switch today. That's puretalk.com slash clay, and you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. Switch to Pure Talk. 
so you can have more money to travel with this summer. The number one fantasy sports app in America is Prize Picks. It's the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Five million members already active on Prize Picks. If you've not yet downloaded Prize Picks, do it today. Unlike other apps on Prize Picks, it's just you against the number. It's about the players and not the teams. You look for the sports you know best and that you follow the most. Then you make a single decision on each player projection, more or less. Every time you play, you pick two to six players and make that one decision. You can win up to 100 times your money on Prize Picks with as little as four picks. More player action on Prize Picks now than ever, and it's the best way to get action on sports in more than 30 states now. Prize Picks also gives you injury insurance so your picks stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. Download the free Prize Picks app and open your account. Use my name Clay for a first deposit match up to a hundred dollars. Download the Prize Picks app. Use promo code Clay, that's C L A Y, to get set up and get a deposit match up to a hundred dollars. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. Welcome back in, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. We are scheduled to be joined by Miranda Devine of the New York Post to talk about the latest on the Hunter Biden story as it is suddenly being validated all over the entirety of the media landscape. Uh, We were just talking. uh, I think we've got her now. Miranda, thanks for joining us. Right off the top, I'm going to suck up a little bit. I think (laughs) you and your Post colleagues deserve, like, 10 years of retroactive Pulitzer Prizes since the Pulitzer was rewarded for all those Russia collusion stories that didn't have any basis in reality. And your story is suddenly being confirmed everywhere. What do you attribute the New York Times, the Washington Post, CBS, ABC, CNN, NBC to suddenly deciding after 18 months, oh, this story's kind of a big deal and the laptop is real. Why is it happening now? Hi, Clay and Buck. Look, I think it's pretty clear that the uh, U.S. attorney in Delaware, which has been investigating Hunter Biden for tax evasion and uh, money laundering and violation, violations of the Foreign Agent Registration Act, pretty hefty uh crimes, if they were committed, those are pretty hefty allegations. And um, they've been investigating him since 2018, and it looks as if it may be coming to fruition fairly soon. You, we know now that Hunter Biden's business partners have gone and, and or have been subpoenaed and appeared. Uh, we know Devin Archer, one of his former business partners, testified uh, and handed over documents. And, um, and we know that his baby mama and another ex-girlfriend also appeared. So all All of that put together, I think, is making the rest of the media that ignored our story for the last 18 months realize that they don't want to blindside their audiences, um, that they need to actually soften them up and prepare them for what may be coming down the pike. And that's the only reason. Um, They're still running interference for Joe Biden, Uh, you know, both... CNN and the Washington Post, you could have almost identical uh, sort of disclaimers in their stories in the last two days saying there's no evidence that Joe Biden was involved, which is ridiculous because we know Washington Post has has the laptop, it has possession of the laptop. And there's plenty of evidence there. Well, Moran, I want to ask you specifically about that. You know, we mentioned the last hour we, we when we brought you on, we'd posed to you 
to put it in shorthand, the 10% for the big guy line. A lot of people know that one from Hunter's Communications about kicking money off to Joe Biden. What is, I mean, to, to the extent that, that we have information, evidence already, what is there at least pointing in the direction of a, a real financial connection, not just to Hunter Biden, we know about that, but to Joe Biden himself? Well, let's just start very basically. Joe Biden lied to the American people. That is that is a, a fact, and it is proven by the evidence because he said before the uh, election several times to the media, he said, I know nothing about my son Hunter's overseas business dealings. He hadn't met with any of Hunter's partners, so-called. Um, yet there is so much evidence of all the partners that he met from all over the world. He met them in Beijing. He met them in Washington, D.C. So that's a lie. Then you come to the financial entanglements. Um, we know, and it's circumstantial, we know that there, uh, that Hunter Biden complained bitterly about having to give what he said was half his salary to his father. We know that there are emails there showing that a part of one Chinese deal where a 10% was going to the big guy. We know from Tony Bobolinsky, who is one of Hunter's former business partners, who gave a press conference before the election campaign that was ignored by uh, that section of the media. We know that he has said that Joe Biden is the big guy. That was the way Hunter described his father. Uh, they sort of spoke in code about Joe Biden, but he was the big guy. He was my chairman, Hunter called him. And Joe was uh, told about all these deals. He knew about them. He, Hunter was in contact with him every day. Um, and so uh, that's that. And then we also know that there was some mingling of finances. So, you know, a shared debit cards, shared bank accounts. Um, this is from Hunter's own own words uh, on the laptop and also um, there is an email from one of Hunter's business partners, a guy who used to run all his, uh, you know, the details of his of his life basically because Hunter was a crack addict um, and this guy Eric Schwerin uh, talks about um, taking money out of an account like a special account uh, of Hunter's to pay for Joe Biden's um, you know, maintenance and upkeep and renovations on his house. Um, this was, you know, $10,000 here, $2,000 there. Um, not huge amounts of money, but also, uh, paying a, a an AT&T phone bill every month. Hunter was paying one of Joe's, uh, phone bills. So th that's the tip of the iceberg. I think that's all the evidence that we have, but it's enough. You know, it shows that there is money going from Hunter to Joe, that Joe was uh, being talked about as getting cuts of deals and that they had commingled finances. I mean, what more do you need? Miranda, all this detail is great. And I know you've been covering this story now for a long time. couple of questions. Do we know if Tony Bobolinsky has been called by the grand jury to testify in the Hunter Biden investigation? Second part of this question. Uh, I can't answer that. We Sorry. don't know. You you do you know the yeah. answer to that one? I do. Has he testified? I can't answer that. Ah. Well, that is intriguing. All right. So uh so second part of this. If Tony Bobolinsky is testifying, and even if he does not, what you mentioned as it pertains to uh to Joe Biden is he's lied. He certainly lied to the American public. Lying to yeah. the American public is not a crime, right? No. But 
if Joe Biden were called to testify as a witness in this Hunter Biden grand jury investigation, he would be put under oath and he would be asked about all of these emails, the big guy emails, the commingling of the finances, potentially meeting some of these business partners with Chinese interest and Ukrainian interest. Do we think that Joe Biden might be subpoenaed himself as a witness in the Hunter Biden investigation? Have you heard any intimation that that might occur? No, I haven't. Um, uh, I mean, all, all I know is that the Republicans um, are talking about investigating this and, you know, using yes. the laptop as a roadmap. And I know I spoke to Ron Johnson yesterday. Um, you know, he talks about the, uh, you know, he, he and Chuck Grasley did incredible work. That's The laptop's not enough. You need also the information that Tony Bobolinsky handed yes. over to the FBI, his testimony, but also what Ron Johnson, Chuck Grasley did. Now, I, I, that's what the Republicans will do. They will build on already an immense amount of uh, very useful financial information, tracking the money for some of these deals. And Ron Johnson tells the story, told me yesterday that um, the obstruction from the Democrats was one thing, you know, calling it Russian disinformation, accusing him and Grasley of being uh, Kremlin stooges, uh, organizing these fake FBI briefings and then leaking to the, to the press. That's bad enough. But really what stymied their investigation when the Republicans had control was their own Republican senators who got squeamish, thought that the, the investigation into Hunter Biden was too political. Who knows what relationships they had. Maybe they felt sorry for Joe Biden. You know, they were friendly with him. He used to be a senator. Um, but Mitt Romney and Rob Portman, both Republican senators, just refused to go along with some of these subpoenas that Ron Johnson wanted to... Uh, Ron Johnson wanted to subpoena Hunter Biden and Devin Archer and these people. So if the Republicans themselves do not hold together as a team uh, after the midterms, then forget about it. This is the problem. You have Republicans who are squeamish in that party and uh, for whatever reason are helping to protect Joe Biden. And um, it's just not right. And if if they hadn't obstructed their own uh, comrade in Ron Johnson, then these, these stories about Joe Biden would have already come on the public record and, you know, history would have been changed. Joe Biden probably wouldn't be president today. Miranda... Uh, first of all, Everett should go get the book, Laptop from Hell, Miranda Devine's book that's out now, been out for a while. Um, where do you see all of this going? What can you tell us about what you're expecting in the weeks ahead? Because I know some people who saw the laptop uh, hard drive mirror in the in the early days who are telling me now there's a lot more coming. Yeah, well, I, I'm I'm not sure there's a lot more in the laptop. No, no, um, I but... mean about the Hunter Biden case in oh, general. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, well, so Hunter Biden, um, you know, I guess the most likely thing is that there will be indictments, uh, coming out of that grand jury, um, of Hunter Biden. Also, I'm told that, um, half the focus of the questioning from that grand jury has been on Blue Star Strategies, which is that Democratic lobbying firm, uh, which was um, basically dragged in by Hunter and Devin Archer into their Burisma dealings, that uh, corrupt Ukrainian energy company. Uh, Blue Star Strategies was doing some lobbying um, on behalf of Burisma, allegedly, and that would put them in violation of this FARA Act, which is FARA, which is 
you know, foreign agent registration. You're supposed to register as a foreign agent if you're doing lobbying for overseas companies. And uh, this is, uh, you know, a little used um, crime uh, until the Trump world it started being weaponized against Trump world. And you had um, Paul Manafort, who was part of Trump's campaign, was went to jail over it. Uh, and, and another guy, Tom Barrack, is, uh, there are some allegations there. He's um, been caught up in some investigation to do with Farah. And there even, um, you know, Farah is being uh, weaponized against Rudy Giuliani. So uh, this is a, now regarded as a serious crime with serious penalties. Um, so Blue Star Strategies, there are allegations about that. So I think um, there something um, momentous uh, will come out of that grand jury. Who knows when, but certainly they've been hearing testimony from Hunter's partners since at least last summer. Miranda, Buck and I have a stake bet on this. And no, I think she he's already weighed in. She thinks it's happening. She, she already, she's yeah, going to be sitting I just across want, I, the... just, I, I just want to make this clear. I'm betting a stake that he will get indicted. Buck doesn't think he will. Would you take my side or Buck's side of the bet here? Well, I would take your side only because um, I think the evidence is pretty overwhelming and, and I think there's so much uh, you know, people looking at this story that it would be such a... Um, a terrible blow to the uh, kind of reputation of the U.S. attorney in Delaware that I'm not sure that they're going to let Hunter off the hook. But I think what might happen is that Blue Star Strategies might, uh, you know, take precedence and, and take up a lot of the media time. Uh, and maybe Hunter will get, you know, lesser charges. I mean, there's talk of, uh, in the New York Times, in fact, where they rehearsed his defense, there was talk of downgrading uh, criminal charges for Farah to civil charges if ah. sort of registered retroactively. Just, and just to be clear, our, our bet is that it has to be criminal charges there, Miranda, ah. so we'll see. Yes, ah. I don't think so. <laughs> okay, well, I'm, I'm sitting on the fence here then in that case. Um, who knows? I mean, other people, he's paid a million, he borrowed a million dollars from some generous benefactor to pay his taxes, but he did it after the investigation had started. And with mere mortals like you and me, if we do that, doesn't get us off the hook. Does not indeed. That's true. All right, Miranda, thanks so much. Laptop from um, Hell is the book, everybody. Go check it out. Thanks, Miranda. She Thank and you, her bye. compatriots, you guys deserve 10 Pulitzers. Uh, on 9-11-2001, 2,977 people were killed in a terrorist attack on American soil. It was a day that changed our nation forever. One organization in particular, Tunnel the Towers Foundation, has been supporting America's heroes and their families ever since with permanent housing that takes away unnecessary stress from families. When a first responder or military service member doesn't come home and young kids are left behind, Tunnel the Towers pays off the mortgage to lift the financial burden and bring the family stability. For seriously injured veterans and first responders, responders Tunnel the Towers builds mortgage-free smart homes, enabling our most severely injured heroes to live more independent lives. And now, through Operation Home Base, Tunnel to Towers is gifting tiny homes to homeless veterans. Our nation's heroes, people who put their lives on the line for our country and our communities, they need your help. Help these heroes and their families join Tunnel to Towers on its mission to do good in their honor. Donate $11 a month at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. third hour of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton show is upon us, everybody. We are going to be addressing Joe Biden's speech that just ended uh, his press conference, I should say, uh, giving a speech, but taking some questions, too, at the end on energy 
He's going to be releasing some oil out there to bring down the price, you know, because there's a midterm election coming up. So the Strategic Petroleum Reserve is getting tapped. And also Biden's got some other ideas, but still preaching the gospel of the Green New Deal and the existential threat of climate change. We'll tackle all that with you in a few moments. First, we have our friend with us now. Mr. Gordon Chang, he's the author of The Great U.S.-China Tech War, and you can follow him on Twitter at Gordon G. Chang. Gordon, thanks so much. Well, thank you, Clay and Buck. So let's start with the situation of the lockdown in Shanghai and COVID in China, because we're starting to hear rumblings here, Gordon, about the BA2, I think it is, sub-variant of COVID. But in China, they're still in, well, give us an overview. We don't hear much about what they're policies really are with regard to covid are they still doing zero covid they're still doing lockdowns what's going on over there yeah they're still doing zero covid um because xi jinping the chinese ruler is uh, said to be behind it and, and this really means that china is not trying to live with the disease but to prevent every instance of it um they've got covid outbreaks as you mentioned of the omicron ba2 variant um, all across the country, um, from Jilin province, especially in the northeast, but also in places like Shenzhen in the south, and most notably now, uh, Shanghai, which is under a two-part citywide lockdown. That's 25.1 million people in two separate phases are going through um, each person, two sets of COVID tests. And this means public transportation is locked down, people can't go to work, um, this is uh, really disrupting society across China. One thing that's important is that regardless of what you think about vaccines, um, China has no effective vaccine against Omicron. And so, therefore, its only defense is isolation, which means they shut down every place that there is a single case. Gordon, appreciate you joining us. One of China's big stories that they've been trying to spread is look at how well we have handled COVID compared to the Western democracies in particular. They've used that as a valedictory for their system of government. Given that they're one of the last places, if not the last place in the world, to still be following the zero COVID policy or COVID zero policy, what sort of risk do they have going forward? Because as you mentioned, they don't have a lot of natural immunity. They don't have a particularly effective vaccine. It seems like, based on every other country in the world, it is virtually impossible to stop the most recent variants from spreading. What could this do to the legitimacy of the Chinese government, and what struggles and challenges could it bring to bear? Well, Clay, you raise a critical point that most everybody forgets, and that is, if we go back to February of 2020, um, Beijing started to um, propagate the narrative that uh, the failure of the West, especially the United States, to contain COVID was um, an indication that democracy did not work. And they pointed to their own system as being able to control COVID to show that communism was superior. So every COVID case is a um, threat to the legitimacy of the Communist Party. And that's why, for instance, from January 2021 to last month, they didn't report a single COVID death in China. They reported two in Jilin province. Obviously, there's a lot more. But, you know, it's a bigger threat than just legitimacy. Uh, and that is COVID, because they believe in isolation, because they're trying to prevent every single case, 
means that they're taking these draconian measures, which are um, undermining an already weak economy, and they're convincing a lot of companies that they have to have a more resilient supply chain, not just based in China. They need um, other factories elsewhere. And this is not going to be good for China in the long run because it means that their economy is going to suffer. Some people say they're taking a $46 billion a month hit to their gross domestic product. $46 billion each month. Speaking to Gordon Chang, he is the author of The Great U.S.-China Tech War, at Gordon G. Chang on Twitter, if you want to give him a follow for more analysis. Gordon, what have we seen in terms of China's response to the Russian invasion of Ukraine? In the early days, there was a lot of uh, a lot of chatter about China getting pushed much closer into the Russian orbit, perhaps picking up some of the economic uh, slack, so to speak, of the uh, sanctions that would have been hitting Russia and hitting Russian energy. What has China done and, and how are they positioning themselves vis-a-vis this conflict that's really consuming the West right now? Yeah, China is supporting Vladimir Putin to the hilt. And it's not just elevated commodity purchases, which is financing directly Putin's war, but it's also that China's put its diplomats at the service of uh, Russia. China's big propaganda machines amplify these ludicrous Russian narratives. And China is making its financial system available to uh, Russian institutions that have been sanctioned by the West. We kick them off swift. They can then go on the Chinese version of SWIFT, which is SIPS, Cross-Border Interbank um, Payment System. Um, there has been a lot of talk that Sinopec, which is a large state-owned enterprise, pulled out of a uh, potential gas deal with Seber, uh, um, a large Russian gas, oil and gas company. But I don't think sanctions were the issue um, for that because uh, Sinopec still has another ongoing deal with that same Russian entity. So really, Beijing is just trying to play it both ways. And unfortunately, the Biden administration is not sanctioning them because we know that China is supporting Russia to the hilt. Gordon, what lessons, if any, has China taken from the failure of Russia to rapidly conquer Ukraine? In particular, uh, certainly I would think, and I've read some of these things, I'm curious if you agree, that the Taiwanese people have been emboldened by the resistance that Ukraine has shown to Russia and believe that despite the vast superiority of the Chinese military, that Taiwan might be able to hold out in a similar fashion, particularly because unlike in Ukraine, they have roughly 100 miles of open water that would theoretically provide some barrier of protection, make it more difficult to provide support for any invading forces. What lessons do you think China and Taiwan have taken from what we've seen happen in Ukraine with the Russian forces, if any? There's a lot going on there. And, of course, um, the failure of the Russian military to meet expectations um, yes. has given people in Taiwan um, some hope. Um, but also it's, it's encouraged people in Taiwan to take care of their own defense, um, that they can't rely on the United States. Uh, and, and as a side note, uh, Taiwan has a lot of mountains. It is really good territory for defenders. But, you know, there's a lot of lessons in general that China and Taiwan have taken away from what's happened in Ukraine. One of them is the massive failure of deterrence, a big failure of Biden foreign policy. Um, and the other thing, though, I think that China is looking at is that um, the invasion really accelerated deglobalization. Deglobalization, the biggest victim is going to be China. That means China is, if anything, going to accelerate its invasion plans. 
I don't expect it this year because they've got a leadership contest going on. But once they settle that, uh, if they do, um, but once they settle that, then I think that Taiwan's really at risk. Speaking of Gordon Chang, author of The Great U.S.-China Tech War. And uh, Gordon, what has North Korea been up to? We're starting to see more reporting about North Korea, and perhaps this is just a function of Kim Jong-un recognizing that the world's attention has turned to foreign policy and national security, so he's going to act out in some way. What's the latest? There was a there was a test. It wasn't it wasn't really a test. What's going on here? Well, they did test um, an intercontinental ballistic missile that has a range to hit the U.S. There is some um, controversy among missile geeks whether it was a Wasong 15, which North Korea tested in November 2017, or whether it was a new version, the Wasong 17. But whatever it was, you know, it is able to hit the U.S. Um, also, they've been testing this year hypersonic glide vehicles. Now, here, this is absolutely fascinating. This is very advanced technology, and the least likely explanation is that the North Koreans developed this on their own. They probably got this from China because their HGV, as it's called, looks just like the Chinese one, and the Biden administration has yet to say anything about this, which means that Kim Jong-un sees a big green light. So here again, we've got... Uh, more failure on the part of the White House. And by the way, it's not so much the Biden failure, it's also a Trump failure, because the North Koreans were obviously developing these missiles during North Korea's self-proclaimed moratorium. We should have been sanctioning China and Russia and North Korea during that time, but we didn't. Gordon, I read an interesting piece, and I'm curious if you agree with it, and I know you've written a lot about this in your book, that what we're really seeing is not the rise of China, but China recognizing that its overall might has reached its apex. And so they are, because of the population declines, which almost no one is talking about, the one uh, China policy, they can't get people to have two and three kids no matter what they're doing. Instead of recognizing and believing that China is at its apex and is only going to con or is continuing to climb, do you think Chinese power has reached its apex? I do. Um, you know, I might be the worst person in the world to ask this because I felt the Communist Party wouldn't survive by now. Um, yeah. but nonetheless, when you look at demography, um, it, this is the steepest demographic decline in history in the absence of war or disease that China is going to face. They're going to lose, according to two Chinese demographers who published a study last fall, they're going to lose half of their population in 45 years. You do a little arithmetic, it means that China is maybe one-third as populous by the turn of the century. In other words, it's about the same number of people in China as in the United States. This, No, no society has ever... That's wild, by the way. No one else even talks about this hardly. I read the same sort of studies that you have. Will you just repeat that again? Because I think there's this idea out there, because there's one point... 3 billion people in China or whatever it is that their population and influence is going to continue to grow. But if you look at the one China policy, what did you just say? Cause I, I think a lot of people are, it's, it's a jaw dropping statistic. Yeah. Two Chinese demographers from Xi'an, which is central China, um, had published a study, which they believe that China will lose one half of their population in 45 years. That's basically 2065. And, and, and you start to, you know, you start to do some of the arithmetic. Um, you look at the statistics, and China's population statistics are overstated. Um, but you start looking at these things, and it, the decline could even be greater than that. 
No society has ever gone through that before. We don't know how China will be able to do it. And, and as you point out, um, although China went from a one-child policy at the end of 2015 to a three-child policy now, people don't want to procreate. The Communist Party Youth League published, this is official, by the way, published a study which showed that 44% of urban Chinese women do not want to get married. The reason why that's significant is you can't get a birth permit in China unless you are married, which means that essentially half of the urban women have taken themselves out of the uh, procreation pool. And this really points to a dramatic decline um, in population. China... His foreign policy is dependent on intimidating others. You can't intimidate others if your country is falling apart. Gordon Chang, everybody. Follow him at Gordon G. Chang on Twitter. And check out the great U.S. China China tech war and also the coming collapse of China. Gordon, thanks so much. Thanks, Clay and Buck. I really appreciate it. This is a time to think about protecting the value of your savings account. Don't be surprised at inflation rate reports later this year. It's going to be bigger percentage-wise than last year. And while I don't want to see that kind of inflation, I see it coming, and I want you to be able to protect yourself from the effects. It means your dollar saved won't go as far, and the value of your account is shrinking. There's a way to protect that account, and that's by investing a portion of your savings in gold. I use the Oxford Gold Group for that. They've made it so you can have real gold and silver delivered to your home. It's done like any other overnight delivery that requires a signature. And from there, you can hold it, which is a remarkable sensation. Same kind of thing can happen with your IRA or 401k, real gold and silver into your retirement accounts. So get gold you can hold or get real gold in your IRA or 401k today. Call the Oxford Gold Group to request your free precious metals investment guide by dialing pound 250 on your cell phone and saying the keywords gold IRA. You'll receive your precious metals investment guide directly to your phone and get all your questions answered with one call to Oxford Gold Simply dial pound 250 and say the keywords gold IRA. Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand. Have we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts? You can look to precious metals for various reasons. One, having tangible currency on hand as part of your bug out plan. Two, diversifying your portfolio as a hedge against inflation, and three, historically, gold increases in value over time. You keep yourself informed about global events. You see the increase in conflicts around the globe. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. The people with Oxford Gold Group are real pros. They make owning gold and silver simple and easy to understand. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 833-995-G-O-L-D. Nowadays, 20 bucks barely gets you a burger and fries or maybe a quarter tank of gas. You know what it will get you, though? For $20 a month, you can get unlimited talk, text, and plenty of 5G data from my cell phone company, Pure Talk. You'll get the same quality of service as AT&T, Verizon, or T-Mobile, but for half the cost. The average size family saves almost $1,000 a year, all with no contracts and no activation fees. You can keep your cell phone number and your phone 
or get great deals on the latest iPhones and Androids. Make the switch today and save an additional 50% off your first month. Choose a wireless company who shares our values, who supports our military and veterans, creates American jobs, and refuses to advertise on fake news networks. Go to puretalk.com slash buck to switch today so you can actually afford that burger and fries. That's puretalk.com slash buck. If you've got a military, first responder, emergency medical, or government service background, GovX.com is for you. You stepped up to serve our country and communities, and GovX delivers unbeatable deals that you've earned. GovX.com is the only site built exclusively to honor your service. Members save on epic brands and the gear they need for their on- and off-duty lives. You'll get incredible savings on tickets to live sports events, theme parks, and other entertainment. You can even save on travel hotels, rental cars, cruises, and more. GovX donates a portion of every order to nonprofits that serve the military and first responder communities. Your orders make a meaningful impact. You can become a member in seconds. Signing up is fast and free. See if you qualify. Visit GovX.com. That's G-O-V-X.com. Use code CLAY in the shopping cart to get an extra $15 off your first order. GovX. That's GovX. Code CLAY. G-O-V-X-C-L-A-Y savings for those who serve welcome back in clay travis buck sexton show appreciate all of you hanging out with us buck this morning i was on fox and friends thought i did a decent job go back downstairs making the kids breakfast sit down to check my email and i get a (laughs) i get an email from a woman named joanne uh, I believe. Let me see here. Uh, yeah, Joanne emails me. Joanne might be listening right now. Uh, Joanne, uh, the, the subject the subject line, Buck, is just appearance. All right, so I click on it. Just appearance. She says, please shave and fix your shirt collars. You always look unkept. Uh, and so I retweeted that this morning, and... Over a hundred people have responded, giving different theories and responses to how I look. Uh, and this also is building out of when we hung out with Ron DeSantis. I put up a photo with Ron DeSantis and I texted you and I was like, if you want to be entertained, I'm just getting crushed in the comments. So, Buck, like right before we're going on the air, my wife is now going through reading all of the critiques of my appearances and flagging the ones that she agrees with and sending them to me. See, that's that's so, real love though. She crazy. wants she wants what's yes. best for you, Clay. She's trying to she's trying to make sure the Clay train stays on the tracks. It is it is absolutely, but it, I I think it would stun people how much attention is paid not to anything that you say on television at all, but just to what you wear, the cosmetic, and we're dudes. It's not like either one of us are like, oh my God, you know, like we're fashion models or anything. It staggered me the first time I went on television. Almost no one cared what I said. Everybody was like, why are you wearing yeah. that tie? Why are you wearing that color suit? Like, for any, everything. Why are you in those shoes? For anyone who thinks, you know, you go on TV in the news world and, you know, it's, it's all, it's all just sort of fun. First of all, it's, it's like not glamorous really at all for anybody who knows the business. You're often kind of just running into a place trying to get the microphone on or whatever. But it's particularly you particularly feel unglamorous when you go on TV. And this used to happen particularly when I used to go years ago on on CNN. Clay, you've done you've done some CNN, Back although in the day. Yes. not not a little yes. while. The things people say, there are things that are so mean. That yeah. I actually have laughed because it was so mean that it was funny. And, and I mean, do you have one? I remember I went on once. I, I think I was talking about, you know, 
some kind of CIA stuff, you know, overseas national security, just not, not politics. I wasn't like, oh, you know, I love Trump and like I hate the commies, which while true is not what I always talk yes. about. And I came off and someone told me that I look like Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> Which I gotta say, I was like, I was pulled a muscle. I was like, that was <laughs> so really funny. It was so mean, but so funny at the same time. I never forgot that one. I looked like Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> that sorry. is perfect. I yeah. uh, oh man, uh, one one day um, I was uh, I was on and uh, and I remember somebody, somebody <laughs> just wrote somebody just wrote. Uh, like I, I had just done a hit and it was, I, I don't know, like talking about who's going to win the Alabama Auburn game, right? Whatever it was. Yeah. And someone just wrote, you are really fat and ugly. <laughs> and also you have the worst bags under your eyes of anyone I've ever seen. And it was just so direct and just negative. And I just remember looking at it like, I, I was just picking the winner of the Alabama-Auburn yeah. game. It's not like, you know, I, I, I didn't even think that much about, about anything the, the worst is when they suck you in with something that's like a little nice first. Like this, I remember once I got, I got, this was again, the CNN stuff used to be like the Fox audience. Yeah. It's like I'm talking to my family. It's like we're all hanging out in our pajamas watching a movie yeah, together. Yeah. Like Fox audience is fantastic, right? But when I used to do CNN, I remember once some, you know, again, some, some random woman wrote into me, probably, uh, you know, who, I don't know anything about her. Might have been Joanne. Might have been the same. Might might have been Joanne. Maybe this is what she does. She wrote it. She was like, (laughs) she was like, she was like, you do have nice hair. However, you have to lose about 10 to 15 pounds and then we can see your jawline and you'd have a nice face too. (laughs) That is fantastic. I was like, wow, it's so specific. It's like I'm getting an email from my plastic surgeon. Oh, man. I got that. That is really funny. I remember I bought a new suit, and my wife will remember this. Like when I first got my, uh, when I got hired by Fox, I was like, "Oh man, I got to go get a suit." And <laughs> I went. The suit was like a thousand dollars, whatever. I mean, it's a lot of money for me to be spending at the time. Still, a lot of money to be spending on a suit. And I thought it looked pretty good. And I remember I wore it online and uh, wore it on air, and they had a uh, full body shot. Uh, and somebody just uh, like grabbed a picture of me. And they were like, how is it possible for you to look more like a box? And like the way that the suit was cut, but also like I did look just like a box. And I'm like, I spent a thousand dollars on this suit and it is like somebody had screenshotted me and sent me an image and I just looked like a box, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, there was no like waste on the suit. It was, it was just, and I remember looking at it and being like, well, I yeah. just, this is the most expensive suit I've ever owned. And it looks ridiculous. So just anybody who's ever thinking about, you know, a career in media, just remember, they're the great folks that, you know, we got to see, for example, down in Houston, you know, our extended family listens to the show, and that makes it all worthwhile. There are also trolls out there who, no matter who you are, no matter what you're saying on TV, they'll just find a way to drill in and say the meanest, but kind of sometimes funny, but usually just mean stuff you could ever imagine. So, hey, Clay, it keeps us humble, right? Like... You know, if someone no telling me every day that I'm I'm fat, stupid, and should go jump off a bridge, it's like, oh, can't get high on yourself. Hey, maybe you could become the next vice president. Might be even better. You heard Kamala Harris earlier. We've got a loaded show for you, by the way. Final two hours. Miranda Devine is going to be incredible on the laptop from hell, uh, discussing the latest on Hunter Biden, plus Gordon Chang on China locking itself down. And some of you may think we look really ugly. More to come. Clay Travis and Buck Sexton on the front lines of truth.
I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. 